never say never. So it taught me not to be judgmental Mm -hmm. because you never know what somebody's going through. You never know what internal battles they're facing daily. Mm -hmm. You know, you see people with smiles on their faces. You see people getting up every morning, going to work. Um, They have a job. They're taking care of their family, taking care of their kids, you know, being there for friends. But you really don't know what they're going through Mm -hmm. on the inside. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Anya Fombat, and I spark the heart conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the African community. And I also share stories about growing up as Africans in Africa and in the diaspora. I strongly believe that normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people, Or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. In this segment, we will continue part two of the domestic abuse story with Anne Alawede. In the first segment, We talked about the dynamic of her abusive relationship and how that wanted her in jail and ICE detention. In this segment, we will be talking about her experiences in jail and ICE detention and how that has changed her perspective about life as a whole. So sit back, relax, and hope we can all learn valuable lessons from her experience. Let's go to the jail part of it when you went to prison, because the book actually elaborates in detail what happened before you went to prison. You know, I know that at that point, it's probably fair for me to say you had reached your breaking point before you retaliated, you know, against him, which almost costed him his life as well. And I think it will be great if you guys want to know more about what happened. You can get her book on Amazon, which is Cars to Stars, to learn more about what happened and why she wound up in jail. But from your experience in jail, like, did this experience give you a different perspective about your life and just about the system as a whole? Yeah. First thing, first different perspective that going to jail gave me was life can take a different turn at any second and any minute, you know, you never know. The first words I use in my book is never say never. So that being said, you never know. So never say never. It taught me not to be judgmental mm-hmm. because you never know what somebody's going through. You never know what internal battles they're facing daily. Mm-hmm. You know, you see people with smiles on their faces. You see people getting up every morning, going to work, um, They have a job, they're taking care of their family, taking care of their kids, you know, being there for friends. But you really don't know what they're going through on Mm -hmm. the inside unless Mm -hmm. they tell you or unless something drastic happens. And then you're like, oh, my God, she really 
this stuff. Right. You know, so they'll really change my perspective on how I look at people. You know, I try to be more understanding now when somebody wants to talk to me, you know, regardless of what I'm doing, if they're facing an emotional battle, mm-hmm. it might not be like a love relationship kind of thing. If they're battling with stuff inside of them, because the things inside of you can easily, easily explode. Right. You know, most of the times when they explode, you don't expect it. It just yes. happens. Yes. Jill definitely taught me that, you know, we can't leave our lives being judgmental. We can't leave our lives pointing fingers at people. And another thing is not everybody that has an inmate number or everybody who has been labeled a felon is a bad person. Right. In some chapters in my book, I talk about the different women that I came across in prison that ended up being sisters to me. You know, I still communicate with some of them now and i can honestly say that i met some of the amazing people in prison you know not everybody behind those walls is a bad person people are there because of circumstance some people are there because they reached their breaking point some people are there because they had to do what they had to do right you know people are there for different reasons you know and even the people who did things purposely to be in there Mm -hmm. you know you can still be judgmental and call them a bad person because there are people who who did things intentionally. And then when they came there, they sat down and they did a 360, you know, turn around better than to, to take responsibility for the things that they did. Again, not everybody in jail is a bad person. Right. Um, Basically that was the different perspective I had. And I feel like if I didn't go to jail, I would not look at things or I would not look at life that way. Yeah. And what about when you were in the ICE detainment center? Like what was going through your mind at that point? And like, how did your perspective change? Being in ICE detention, that was the hardest part of my time. Wow. Like not knowing what to expect. Because I was there for 10 months. Yes. Things that I've done before. So yes. You know, cake for me. But it was hard because I did not know what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to stay here with my family or I didn't know mm. if I was going to be deported. But the funny thing is, regardless of what the decision was going to be, I had gotten to a point in my life where I was content and I was ready to move on. Right. You know, but I'm, you know, my faith in God, I trusted God, you know, throughout the whole entire process. And God, God worked it out. Right. God worked it out for me. So detention was hard time because you're facing deportation you're facing separation from your family from your loved ones and it hurt me more because i felt like my family had waited all this while all this while yeah finally home with them and get to spend time with them and do the things that we haven't been able to do for almost six years yeah and we're all on, on the edge and we don't know what's going to happen right you know it was, that was the hardest time i had ever had to do you know even though it was the end of it, it was, mm. that was the last stage. That was the last step, but it was yes. the hardest time that I did in my time of incarceration. So, wow. You're still so young, but your story is like a story of a thousand years. You know, <laughs> I'm always, always so inspired by your story and how strong you came out of it. You know, I mean, I can imagine, you know, having been in jail as an African and then as a woman is probably a taboo in most African communities. Right. So did you have any fears or concerns about, you know, 
coming back into the community and people's impressions about you and how did the community actually receive you? I can say that in the first year or two of my of being incarcerated, mm-hmm. years like, oh my God, what are people out there saying about me? You know, and then I just had those fears. Like, I'm sure I'm, they just look at me like a really, really horrible person, a bad person. By the time I got to my third year, it was more about me trying to heal and understanding that jail wasn't my home. Yes. It was just temporal and I had to come home and live with the people that I lived with before. And when I say the people, I mean my, my family. You right. know? So I had to come out there normal. Yes. I had to come out there, you know, with a right mind. So toward the end of my sentence, I had gotten to a point where I decided to focus on those that had showed me throughout my years of incarceration, how important I was to them. Right. You know, very friends that were there from the first day till the day that I walked out of immigration custody and focused on my family. Even though I knew that they were, you know, that the African community, some people were being judgmental. Some mm-hmm. things were said about me. I was, you know, labeled as the worst person they ever met and mm. you know, all that stuff. Right? When you're in a situation like that, I've learned that you have to focus on those that care about you. About Don't worry you. about the people that backlash in you or saying things, negative things about you. You have to right. focus for peace of mind and for you to be able to get back out there and be the best of you. You have to focus on those that genuinely show you that they care about you. Right. But out, I still wanted to keep that attitude and I still keep that attitude till today. I'm focused more on the people that I know and that show me that they care about me and, you know, and they're there, they're supportive, you know, they're encouraging day, day out. And I know that, you know, People still talk. I could see eyes talking when I walk, right. into room, walk into a party. But I have a friend who she's more like a big sister to me. Yes. Her so much. Her name is Priska. I love her so much. This one thing that she told me that I would never forget about maybe two months before I left immigration detention. She told me that when you get out, there are going to be people that will talk about you. There are going to be people that will say horrible things about you, but you know who you are. Right. So you need to walk with your head lifted up high. Yeah. And so when I go somewhere, I know there are people who are talking. I know there are people who are like, oh, that's that girl who, who, who went to jail, you know, yes. and, this and, that, and she was in the news, blah, 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 you know. And I know there are people talking, but I have to go about my life. Right, you know? right. But leave life depending on what people are saying about you you have one life to leave and you have to leave that life right there's this saying that goes that you're damned if you do and you're damned, damned if, if you, you don't, don't. yes but when you do good people are going to talk about they're always going to find negative and when you do negative they're still going to talk about you people True. are always going to talk about you yeah so um, i just want to throw this out there if anybody you might not be facing what i went through or dealing with what i went through but if you find yourself in that situation, you have to be your own cheerleader. True. You can have all the support in the world. Like I have an amazing family. My family doesn't judge me. I have yes. amazing friends, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, when I wake up in the morning, I have to make that conscious decision. Like, okay, my mistake doesn't define me. Right. You know, so the African community is not, I'm trying to find the right word. They're not nice. Sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. 
face situations like that, when you find yourself in trouble, yes, a lot of people started coming to me after they read my book. Right. They sympathize more with me because now they knew what I went through. Yes. You know, wait for somebody to talk about their story for you to feel for them, you know, and not just judge them, you know? Yes. But the African community is not nice. If, especially when you go to jail, you hear all kinds of stories. I mean, right. You hear it all. And even when you get out, you know, you think that, okay, this is it, but I have already braced myself mm-hmm. that I'll probably care about it for the rest of my life, but it's okay because what's more important is for me to completely heal on the inside and take back those years that were taken away from me. Right. And do something. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, that was a very powerful thing to say. I mean, you basically almost answered my next question, which was, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to know, how are you? Like, how have you coped so far with adjusting back to life? Because, I mean, you were released the end of 2020, right? So it's not even long ago. You're barely one year out, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, how have you coped so far with adjusting back to life? And, you know, so far, how has this whole experience given you perspective on like mental health? I mean, you have touched on a few things already with your recent response, you know, like putting yourself first and like being your cheerleader and all of that. But just in general, how are you? I am good. <laughs> I am good. I feel like I've healed, yes. but you can't fully completely heal from an experience like that. Yes. But I wake up every day reminding myself that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're on your way. Yeah. You, know, you have to keep pushing and, you know, and honestly, some days are not as easy as some other days, but I try not to let it take over me and I try not to let it come in the way of my relationships with other people. Yes. You know, because as much as I need people to understand what I'm dealing with or what I have dealt with and the fact that I'm still dealing with that stuff internally, I may, it may not show, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm going through the healing process. As much as I want people to be there and understand me, I also understand that people need me too. Yes. So I need to gather when I wake up on some days and I'm having those bad days, I remind myself like, hey, there's people out there who need you. There's people out there who are going through what you went through. Someone needs a word of encouragement from you. Someone needs you to help them get through a bad day. You know, there are people out there counting on you. Yeah. You know, so that kind of gives me a push to say, okay, it's okay. You're going to get there eventually. You mm-hmm. know, you've already packed that stage. You've gone through jail time, prison time, immigration, you know, backlash, you know, insults and I mean, like I always say, the day that the judge sentenced me, that was like the worst thing that could ever happen to me. I don't think there's any other thing on earth that could ever happen to me, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I try to do the things that I love to do, you know, get through, you know, this healing process. I enjoy running. I like to meditate, you know, spend time with God because at the end of the day, it's, he's, he's brought me this far. Right. <laughs> not be here if we were not for him. So That's right. he take part, you know, and I just try to surround myself around positive people. That's very, very important. I do not entertain negative friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I have made new friends since I got out. Right. And, uh, I'm enjoying my friendship with them. And I kept some of, some of my old friends um, yes. still in my 
those that prove to be true, true friends, they're still there. And I just try to keep a positive mind and surround myself with positivity. I try to stay away from anything that's negative. And that's something that I did even when I was incarcerated. I stayed with negative inmates, inmates who didn't have anything positive to say, you know, and I just remind myself that when you've been through what I've been through, it's not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. I'm giving myself another shot, you know, with love. Ooh. You know, just I love it. <laughs> I know. I know. I love you know, it. I'm around here being paranoid and stuff because they are good people out there. Yes. You know? Yes. That's they true. Are. Pretty much I'm coping and I recently became a member of JLU. It's a nonprofit organization, just like you, Global. It advocates for domestic violence victims and human trafficking victims. So being a part of that organization is helping me too because I am able to bring awareness in every way that I can. People who have been through what I've been through or Mm -hmm. people who are still going through it and don't even know how to get out of it. Yes. So that keeps me busy, you know, being a part of that organization. And if there's anyone listening right now, I will encourage them. If you're in an abusive relationship, don't know how to get out, or if you've been in an abusive relationship and you're still trying to heal and get to that point, you might want to contact, you know, the organization. It's called JLU Global. Uh, You know, you can go to their website, jluglobal.com, and they have people there that you can talk to. They have therapists, they have people who you can actually, you know, confide in and talk to, and they'll help you, you know, to your road of recovery, you know, and if it's that you're in a relationship and you don't know how to get out of it, like we were talking about the financial part, you know, I want to get out, but I can't get out because I will not be able to sustain myself financially. Mm -hmm. They can help you with that. Again, it's jluglobal.com. Wow. Thank you so much for that. And I will be adding the resources to our website at www.livingafricanpodcast.com. So all the resources will be found on that website and other information as well. It's like every time you respond to my questions, it's like you're taking a step ahead of me because I was actually about to ask what advice you can give to those who are going through a similar situation of, you know, abuse in relationships. And you kind of answered part of it. But like if you had to say any other thing to someone going through abuse, what would that be? Okay. The short of it is if he's putting his hands on you, I mean, emotional abuse is as bad as physical. Yeah. I'm talking to that person who loves this partner. I mean, you love that person, mm-hmm. but they're putting their hands on you. If they're physically hitting you, like, you know, like actually like, you know, putting scars on your body and putting scars in your heart. Yeah. It's a to move away from them and try to figure out how that love is going to work when you're away from them. Right. You, Stay there because it's either two things are going to happen. One person is going to lose their life yes. or you might end, I ended up and then ask yourself, is it worth it? Yes. Because if somebody cares about you, if somebody loves you, they will treat you like you are a human being with a heart and emotions. Yes. If somebody treating you like you're a thing or like you're an animal, mm-hmm. I mean, even animals have hearts, even animals yes. Have emotions yeah but it's treating you like a, like you're a thing like they can throw you around and toss you around and pick you up and you know put you down whenever they want to mm-hmm. it's not right you need to leave right 
there's somebody out there who's going to help you get out of that situation. You just need to talk to people. Don't sit quiet because that's what hurt me. I was quiet for years. I was dealing with stuff for years. And I had a friend that I recently went out to lunch with and she told me, she was like, I could see it that this man was emotionally, he had taken advantage of your emotions and he was emotionally abusing you. Right. But she say anything because I never told her she could see it. This is somebody that I hanged out with a, with a lot, a lot, a lot of yes. time. But she didn't, sometimes people are scared. They will say it, but they don't want to say anything because yeah. they don't want, to they don't want to like, get in your business. Right. I think your business, you know, and now when I talked to her, I told her, I said, I wish you would have said something that would have right. probably given me the opportunity to just spill it out. Right. You know? But you need to talk to somebody. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to talk to somebody. You know, they say pigeon like your belly will be store. So right. talk, to talk to someone. You're going yeah. To explode. You're going to explode at some point. Yes. Because when you talk, you never know who will be willing to help you. Right. Out of it, find ways to get out of it or who will be able to help you, you know, put you in contact with somebody who will help you heal. You know, mm-hmm. but the most important thing is get away from the situation. Get away from that person. Right. Be- lose your life if you lose your life he's he's if you lose your life an abusive partner is going to move on yes that's to true. another person yeah but your family is gonna hurt they're gonna lose you they're not going to have you people that truly genuinely care about you are going to lose you so right. think about it it's not worth it it's hard sometimes and because i've been there it's not that easy people think it's just that easy especially when you're in love yes it's, it's very very hard yeah. But, you know, you don't have to wait for it to get to the point that I got to. Right. Past it. But right. you can't do it. Wow. So the, the answer is just leave. Right. Right. <laughs> wow. That was so powerful. It was just such a great conversation. I mean, if you want to know more about Anne's book, you know, you can get the book on Amazon. It's called Scars, like a scar of a wound to stars, like stars in the sky. And she is definitely a star in the sky, despite all the scars that she had. So how can people contact you if they want to talk to you or if they have questions or comments or, you know, just to reach out to you, how can they contact you? You can reach out to me on my website, where mm-hmm. you could also purchase an autographed copy of the book awesome. on my web and alobuede.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, reach me on social media. You could send me a message on Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook and Instagram are the same and alobuede, my first name and last name. And the alobuede is A for Alpha, L for Larry, O, B for Boy, W, E, D for Dog. E, so Anne Alobwede, so www.annealobwede.com and on social media is Anne Alobwede. And the Anne has an E at the end. Yes, the, yes, <laughs> yeah, the Anne has an E, A-N-N-E. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. E yeah, you could definitely reach me and you could email me, but the best option is to go on the website and send me a message. Okay. On the link. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much. And it was so wonderful talking to you. I mean, I can go on and on, but I actually hope that all the listeners, you know, 
were inspired by this, you know, this episode for sure. And for those who are in a similar situation, if you know anyone who's in the same situation or if you're in the same situation experiencing abuse in a relationship, please contact your local hotline if you have it. And also seek help from the local facilities if you have it. And like I mentioned, you can visit www.livingafricanpodcast.com for more information and resources on domestic abuse. So now as a community, we have to do better, right? There are a few things that we can do to support our sisters and our brothers who are going through abuse. And again, yes, a substantial amount of men go through abuse in relationships as well. So a few things that we can do as a community is to listen. You know, as you said, and you had mentioned, you know, you wish someone said something, right? So we have to listen at least, or at least if we see that our loved one is in distress, it's always good to reach out and ask, you know, are you okay? You know, these three words are extremely powerful. How are you or are you okay? Because some people may be going through stuff and they're just waiting for someone to ask them if they're okay for them to open up. So as a community, it's very important for us to reach out to one another and check on each other and make sure that we are doing okay and we are all on the same page. And also it takes a lot of vulnerability for someone to open up. So we have to take them serious when they open up to us. We have to take them very seriously and we have to not bring them down when they open up to us. We have to, as a community, build their confidence. And when I say community, it doesn't have to be everybody. I mean, each of us should play a role in our community, in our respective villages to build one another up instead of tearing each other down. And a very important thing that I realized and I came across is that please do not give advice if you're not a professional to someone who's going through abuse, you know, instead give them the information and resources that may help them in that situation, just like we're doing, giving you the resources on our website, but do not give advice to this person if you are not a professional and do not pressure them to leave or make irrational decisions at that point or decisions that you think irrational at that point. So instead, the right thing for us to do is to respect someone going through abuse, respect them to make the right decision, to make those decisions at their own time, even if you don't agree with them. You just have to respect them and just be there for them and care for them. And again, give them that right and give them the information that they need. And above all, just be nice, right? So we just have to be nice to each other and just be as a village, be as a community, like how it was growing up in Africa. It was all about the village mentality. We're here for one another. We're here to support each other. We have unfortunately come to the end of the podcast and I hope the discussion actually does not end here and that I also hope that we can have more of these conversations within our circles and learn to be more understanding, more accepting and more tolerating of each other. So thank you so much and for being here with us. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in and I will catch you on the next episode. 
That's it for today. Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to participate in the show or find out more helpful resources, then visit www.livingafricanpodcast.com for more information or email us at hello at livingafricanpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to connect with us on all social media platforms at Living African Podcast. You can also connect with Anyo directly on Facebook or Instagram at Anyo Fombard. Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.